Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. All right, we're going to tap the brains of someone who, you know, first started to build his wealth with Forex. He's a serial entrepreneur. His name is Jaffet Lim. And at one point in his life, he lost $200,000 because he made mistakes in business. But now he's championing accessible education. He's an entrepreneur who started his first business at the age of 18. He's going to tell us about his latest business, uh, an app. Rubik's Academy is an academy for financial literacy. It's now turned into a mobile app and it wants to be a marketplace where learners are matched to course trainers and learning centers. First up, welcome Jaffet Lim. How are you? Hi, hi. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Yes, Jaffet, you've come a long way since the days when you had 200 bucks left in your savings account, right? Yes, two hundred and eighty nine dollars <laughs> to be to be very exact. <laughs> two eight nine. And how yeah. long was that gonna last you? Uh that was if I did not manage to recover in that month, I think that probably will last me for about a week. So just nice, uh in that same week I had some deals coming in. So I managed to uh sort of Revive the account, right? So <laughs> that's how I managed to bounce back. Well, yeah. I like that. I think, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of failure and uh, they shouldn't be afraid of hitting rock bottom. So tell us a little bit about serving. You served as Academy Director at Forex 100 Academy before you even graduated from university, right? What was this initial interest in Forex all about? How did you start getting interested in it? Okay, so for Forex trading, uh, it was more of a, I would say, I got interested in it because uh, I had no other choice. Now, let, let, me, let, uh, let me explain a little bit. Okay. So, when I was in junior college, right, so that was at the age of about 18 to 19, um, the problem was that I only had very little money, right? I had very little capital to, to work with mm-hmm. because uh, at that age, you, you, you don't get to work yet. And whatever money you have is probably, you know, from your savings, uh, after collecting the rate packets every Chinese New Year, <laughs> uh, working one or two part-time jobs, you know. So the capital that I had was very, very little. But um, I always knew that the financial markets was actually a good way to make some real money, to make your money grow. And that is my firm belief, right? As long as you understand the rules of the game. So that being the situation, uh, what I had to do was I had to find an asset which could work with the amount of capital that I had, right? So after researching and studying the different financial instruments, um, eventually I arrived at the conclusion that the only asset that probably could, you know, adapt to the amount of uh, capital that I had is uh, as principal capital was Forex. And that's how I got started, right? I started with, um, I still remember my first account. I think it was only 500 USD. Very, very little, right? It's mm-hmm. almost, in fact, by today's standards, after learning so much about Forex and throughout my entire journey, 500 is definitely not what I would recommend most people to start with, right? Okay. And definitely not enough. But at that point, uh, to me, it was, <clears throat> I always understood one thing, right? Just now you mentioned failure. To me, I would rather fail all I can when I can afford to fail. Mm. I don't want to fail when I can no longer afford to fail. When I've got people under me, when I've got 
people working with me. I, I don't want to fail at that point. I want to fail and the stakes are low. But so to me, when you had this 500 in your account, was the stakes high then for you even? I mean, was this all the money that you had basically that you put in this or, or could you afford to to learn with this 500 USD? I could afford to learn with the 500. But okay. um, to be honest, uh, 500 to a JC student who it's comes a from a very... Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? But at the same time, I understood that yeah. as I grow up, uh, enter society, this 500 would be nothing. So I could have that sense of realisation, you see. So... I was willing to part with it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I knew I was going to part with it. I, I knew this is <laughs> going to be my tutoring fee, right? So I was willing to part with it. And uh, basically after that, what happened was uh, I went to Forex trading. Then when I actually got into army, um, while other people were calling their girlfriends and I, I had no girlfriend. So at that point of time, I was... Um, my only girlfriend was my was my textbook on Forex. <laughs> so I would sit on my bunk bed, I would read the book. And people would look at me and go like, what are you doing? I said, um, studying up. Like, I, said, I said, I'm just studying up. Hey, I'm trying how, to... how did that 500 USD do for you? How did you do In it? In the end, I managed to... Okay, so I lost the first 500, to be honest. You Fully, lost it? I lost it. Completely. Yeah, okay. Correct, completely. All right, I got a margin call, right? I, I, got, I got a margin call. Uh, within three weeks, to be honest, mm. because I, I I was so blur, you know, I don't even know what I was doing. I I was opening a position, and I made money. I didn't even know how I made money. <laughs> After that, I lost money. I also did not know how I lost money. But that's how you learn, right? So, I lost the first five. Uh, then after that, I pumped in more money to the account. I pumped in about two to three k uh, USD, right? So, uh, that account lasted for quite a while. I managed to grow it to about eight k. Then I had to withdraw the money for personal usage. Hmm. So, um, and personal usage plus plus the fact that I was about to enter army, and I know that there's no way I can trade in army. There's just no way. I will be too tired. I don't have enough time. I can't monitor the charts. Right. So, I had to come out right. But in army, I, I didn't stop. I continued to read up on forex. Yeah. So after that, I went to uni, uh, found this company, and then. Um, I say I just want to sort of intern at this company for a while. I just want to uh, learn some things, you know, uh, get to represent the company at meetings, you know, so that I can meet more people. So that's how it got started. Yeah, the, the stint at uh, Forex 100. That's how it got started. You, you, that's how you got started? You just wanted to intern with them and then you became academy director? Yeah, correct. Because they were they, they, the sort of the, the director of the um the, the CEO of, of the company, he was uh, looking for a good representative who could speak. So at that point of time, I had some speaker experience. So after that, he asked me to represent the company at meetings or that. So mm. to represent the company, I needed to have a position, right? So he thought that that was a good position for, for me to experience with and also to spearhead some of the initiatives. Okay, yeah. now you, at the start, you talked about the game, the rules, you know, that we have to understand when it comes to making your money work for you in the markets, right? What are the basic, you know, rules surrounding Forex trading? To me, from my personal point of view, I mean, this is not financial advice, but <laughs> from my personal point of view, I think that the most important element that all traders have to understand in Forex is the word leverage, right? Leverage is not a word that is exclusive to Forex, but it is a word that is most pertinent when it comes to trading uh, Forex. And the reason for that is because the leverage that can be in Forex trading can go up to 
one is to 500, one is to 700, because um, the nature of forex trading is very volatile. And in order to see visible changes in small accounts, the brokerages allow for very, very big leverage. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing that I just want to tell everybody on air right now is this. Is, uh, I'm not sure how much of this you can catch, but I, I think this is something that I want to share. Now, the official leverage that the major banks, that means your four big ones, the JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, you know, all these big, big investment banks, the official leverage that they give to all of the uh, main brokerages or prime brokerages or aggregators, so it's only one is to 50. So if you go to a broker website and you see one is 800, mm. you take 800, you minus away 50, the additional 750 came from somewhere. And somebody is bearing that risk. So that's why I always tell people that you have to understand that the biggest banks in the world, they are only giving this much leverage. So if, if you see anything more, that extra bit came from somewhere. That extra bit of leverage is risk to a certain party. And the problem with that, um, and the problem with the Forex market in general, is that when there are brokerages offering too big a leverage, sometimes the broker itself cannot afford to lose because they are the ones bearing that risk. Now, when you put the broker in such a position, it becomes a, uh, to me, it becomes a minor or, ma or not actually not minor, a major conflict of interest. So I always tell people that don't get excited just because the brokerage offers very big leverage. It's not necessarily good news. Unless the position of the brokerage, the strength of the brokerage, the financial um, treasury ability of the brokerage is so strong that they can afford that risk, then maybe that's good. But if it's a small-time broker, but I get it's offering such a huge leverage, you have to be prepared that it cannot afford to lose. And when a brokerage cannot afford to lose, <laughs> that is a problem for traders. That's a so, very important insight. Yeah, yes. a lot of people lose money because they don't understand leverage can be dangerous. Um, you but, can lose a lot of money much faster than if you were using your own money for trading. And there's some, I, I guess the next logical question is people are always looking for maybe profitable trading strategies or whether or not professionals like you uh, stick to any sort of principles to utilize leverage to your advantage? I think um, for forex trading, uh, to answer your question directly, to, to utilize leverage to your advantage, um, first of all, the amount of leverage you use, you, you have to be... Okay, first of all, for every single trade that you enter into the forex market, whether it's pound against the USD, USD against the yen, you know, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't matter which pair that, that you choose to trade with, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to reverse engineer your losses, meaning that you enter the trade knowing full well how much you're going to lose. I think that's the number one thing that every trader needs to, needs to understand, you know, because mm -hmm. certain traders, whether it's in stocks or forex, they don't like to put stop loss, right? So... It's okay if you don't want to put a stop loss as in like you don't want to designate a level on the chart because you're afraid to get uh, what we call in this market stop, uh, stop loss hunted, right? By, by the major banks and the institutions. But if you, even if you don't do that on the chart, you have to have a very clear level in your mind where you're going to get stopped, up, stopped out and how much you will lose when you get stopped out. You have to have the ability to calculate, right? And all that at the basis of that calculation is understanding leverage. So that's what I would say to the traders who are currently trading Forex. Every single trade will go in. It cannot be a case whereby 
you don't really know how much you're going to lose. You have to have that very, very clear figure in your mind. So whether you want to put it on a chart, it's a separate story, but um, it has to be there in your mind. That, that is what I would I would say. That is the best way to use leverage. The other the other ways is basically you have to do your due diligence on a broker. If it's offering too big a leverage, you have to understand whether it has that ability to bear that risk. If it doesn't, then I can tell you right now, it is not a good broker. It is not a good broker. It does, I mean, at the end of the day, mm. it does not matter how much leverage a certain institution gives you. You know, whether it's a bank, it's a broker, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It does not matter. What matters is, at the end of the day, when you trade, when, when you, you, number one, there is minimal conflict of interest. Number two, when you profit, you can actually redraw your profits. Right. So, yeah, you, <laughs> I think um, for most people trading stocks uh, or other instruments, this problem of redrawing your profits might not be very applicable because, for example, in Singapore, when we trade stocks, we can connect our bank accounts straight to the broker, right? So when you make money, they send the money through gyro or that. You don't really feel that this is a problem. But for forex trading, most of the time, it, they use a depository system. So that means you deposit a certain amount, like opening a new bank account. Mm-hmm. After you win or lose, you want to redraw, you have to redraw from the bank account, you know, mm-hmm. uh, close inverted commas bank account. So sometimes certain brokers, they they will let you trade smoothly. They will let you profit smoothly. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when you start to redraw, mm-hmm. then the problems start to surface. Right, so you want to practice those withdrawals to see yes, how the platform correct. works. What do you look for yes. when you're picking a platform? For me, when I pick a platform, number one is I look at... Um, now, most brokers, they don't really put their management team on their website for some reason or another, right? I mean, even the big brokers don't do that. But if there is a broker that I find it, which does that, number one, I will do the due diligence on all the management uh, team, right? On, on all the founders of the broker. Number two is I will look at the license. So um, there, are, there are many licenses in the world, but uh, let me just do a bit of education right here, right? Mm-hmm. So licenses has for all other things cost money, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it costs money to the broker. Now, that money is a form of way to find out how well that broker is financially backed. So if they get an offshore island license, okay, um, I'm not going to comment, but I'm just going to say this. This is just a matter of fact, okay? Mm. The amount of money needed to purchase an offshore island license, Forex broker license, is much lower than, for example, if you want to purchase a license from Cyrus, right? An official Cyrus Forex trading license or like a UK trading license. It's mm. The amount of money that you have to pay is much, much lower. Okay? So, the amount of collateral, in other words, is also much lower. All right? And we all know in financial banking what collateral means, right? Collateral basically is the penalty that you suffer if you do anything funny with your business. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So if the broker is using an offshore island uh, license, then obviously the amount of collateral involved is smaller. Right? So I leave it to the audience to think how that 
<laughs> what is the implication of that? But I think by common sense, we will all know. Just that I don't want to comment outright, right? <laughs> it's okay. So, we can listen to this podcast and rewind it and listen to it again and read between the lines. <laughs> but I think it's very helpful. So potential investors are aware of the risks and the nature of Forex trading and picking a platform and what to yes. look out for before entering the Forex world. That's what we're aiming to do here. Okay. Um, I want to, to move a little bit now to you know, current events. We hear so often people talking about China's yen is going to continue to rise against the USD in the short term. Uh, the US dollar is going to weaken perhaps till 2021. What is your view, if we just look at that pair, US dollar and Chinese yen? Okay, so this pair is probably the most uh, talked about pair, right, when it comes to the forex market. Right, this pair and of course um Bitcoin against USD. <laughs> right, so these two pairs are the most talked about pairs when it comes to currency trading. So for USD Yuan, my my stand is very, very simple, right? So number one we have to understand the context right now. Okay, so a lot of people are speculating what happens when Biden becomes president, right? Mm. And of course Biden has made some indications of what will happen when he becomes president. Now, to me, it's a very logical situation. What Biden says he will do internally to America is much more reliable and probably will come to pass rather than what he says he will do with China. And the reason is very simple. It's because as per any other relationship, it takes two hands to clap. So whatever you want to do to China, has the American president, is subjected to China's acceptance of that behavior. And then that impact can come about. But what he wants to do internally as president, although he is still subjected to Senate and Congress approval, but has a much higher chance of actually happening. So for me, for the USD UN, I don't look at the interaction between them. I look at each of them as an individual currency and I analyze them. Mm-hmm. Why? Because interactions are volatile, mm-hmm. interactions are subjective, and interactions may or may not happen. <laughs> all right that's the truth okay we all read on the news that a certain diplomat visits a certain country now that those news comes out those articles come out because the meeting actually happened i i, I studied political science in nus so i can tell you right now um for a matter of fact <laughs> that many meetings are scheduled between diplomats all over the world every single day but only one out of ten will actually happen so the fact is, interaction between two countries, are the, in, the interaction is too complex and it's impossible to predict. That's the truth. All right? Now, but if we look at each currency individually, I, I can say with, from my personal point of view that the USD is definitely going to weaken further because of the amount of stimulus that Biden has already announced. Mm-hmm. He has already announced, if I'm not wrong, uh, a 2 or $3 trillion stimulus check to, to America. And to me, that's printing money. That, that has to be printing money because they don't have that kind of money. So when you print money, you are deflating the value of your own currency. So for the USD, it's to me, for the next um, six, to one, six months to one year, is on a downward trend. There's no doubt in my mind regarding that. But if you look at the yuan, okay, mm. the yuan will be a much more difficult story to analyze because um, at this, while they are trying to... Strength, uh, while, while they are trying to recover from the COVID-19 incident, which they are doing very well at, at the same time, while doing that, they are trying to keep their currency 
competitive in terms of uh, exports. So it could be a case whereby the USD continues to go down, but it doesn't mean that the yuan will go up. So because of all these other factors of consideration that um, the the executive team at you know at Beijing they they have right. So for the yuan, I would say that. It will continue to strengthen, but it will strengthen at a controlled pace. It's not going to be a parabolic strengthening of the yuan, mm-hmm. okay? But because they have they have to consider their export competitiveness, um, that's why overall for this pair, I foresee a bearish movement of USD against the yuan. But um, and this bearish movement will not be as parabolic, in my view, in my view, as most people think. Right? It will be a gradual des- descent. It will not be a parabolic descent. So if you are trading this pair, uh, anyways, this pair is not, uh, it's, it's offered at quite a lot of brokerages, so you, you might be able to trade it. But if you're trading this pair, um, my my personal view is that it will not be as parabolic as you think. And and even if it's parabolic, most likely it will, if it's parabolic downwards, it's going to bounce back and then, you know, go down again. It's not going to be down, 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 or up, up, up. It's, it's, it's not going to be that kind of movement. As most people think uh, it's going to happen. It's it's To me, in my view, it's not going to be that straightforward. All right. He's Jaffet Lim, director and co-founder of the Rubik's mobile app, making me wish that I too spend my junior college years uh, with a book on Forex instead of uh, trying to give tuition. That's what I was doing. <laughs> To build my <laughs> bank account. All right, Jaffet, you have co-founded the Rubik's Mobile app. I understand Rubik's Academy was an academy meant for financial literacy. So what does this mobile app offer users now? Okay, so for the Rubik's Mobile app, uh, it's pretty, it's a, you, you are right. You're actually right, Michelle. Um, we started as a financial literacy uh, school. We wanted to promote financial literacy. All right. Uh, so I, I was thinking to get different people to teach different subjects, but along the way, as per all other entre- entrepreneurship journeys, um, the vision, the mission, and the goal started to change. So from becoming focused on financial literacy, I wanted to become more encompassing. So I got experts from health, wealth, and relationship right to, together, and I wanted to form a team. Then from there, I realized that. Actually, my real interest, right, is not just in education. I have a very deep interest in tech. I just like the way that tech makes things work. (laughs) And I like the way that tech has made our lives so accessible. Now, I always tell people this. Tech is never bad. People are the ones that who are bad, right? It's just the same analogy as a gun doesn't kill people. People kill people. So I don't think that tech is a bad thing. In fact, I love tech. I feel that tech is going to be a game changer for almost every few in the world, right? So with that, I started to think to myself, you know, maybe um, while I love training, but I don't think my the value that I can give is just with training. And that's why after considering multiple mm-hmm. factors, mm-hmm. Um, discussing with my partner, I decided to sort of steer the boat away from training and into ad tech. So basically, the Rubik's Mobile app, What right now, what it does is very simple, right? Mm. On both the non-academic and the academic sphere, we connect learners to teachers, right? So for example, if you're looking for tuition, you're looking for a tuition center or a private tutor, the Rubik's app will connect you to, to, to the nearest tuition center. That's number one. And for the private tutors, we also solve their pinpoint. 
basically has a private tutor. That means a tutor who goes um, from home to home to give tutoring to the kid. Their biggest pain point is the fact that they want to travel the least, right? Traveling distance is always a big problem for them. Mm-hmm. So what we have done on the app is that when you log in as a private tutor, you can see the approximated locations of the students' houses. So you can feel free to take only the requests which you think are worth um, the time. Now, what this does is that it improves the experience for everyone. For the tutor, they can spend less time traveling, and that means probably they are more incited to stay a bit longer, come a bit earlier. <laughs> for the parents, they get to see the tutors come in a bit earlier, leave a bit later. It leaves a good taste in your mouth, right? Because if the tutor stays extremely far away, chances are they're going to leave on the dot and come on the dot. <laughs> so you're more or less a connecting agency between people yes. and any right. sort of learning. I mean, is, do you have very specific categories? Of we do, we do. Yeah. For non-academic, we have um, basically for non-academic, we have the 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 goals that we pertain to will be health, wealth, and relationship, right? So we have a health and wellness sector, something like a class pass, okay? Uh-huh. Then we have a wealth and finance. And what do you have for right? relationships? Are you we, matching we have people a, up? No, our relationships will be more for causes on, uh, for example, how you handle workplace relationships, how you yeah, how you handle. Um, your personal relationships, your romantic relationships, or maybe how you handle your um, friendships, you know. So, relationships in general, not just a specific aspect. Mm. Well, so, you can work on your relationships and then work on uh, learning, yeah. health, yes. and wealth. So, you're connecting people who teach with regards to investment? Correct. So, that's what we are doing as well. Yeah, correct. We are finding, so myself, I'm a trainer there, but over time, I'm going to take myself out because I will focus uh, solely on the platform. Then I will be inviting very um, famous trainers. I can't reveal their names yet, (laughs) but these names, um, you know, most people will know them. So I'll be inviting them to to join the Rubik's app. And honestly, um, you know, they have actually expressed interest. So to me, it's uh, a matter of onboarding them, you know, properly because uh, we want to make sure that on the app we give um, the, 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 the utmost respect to these veteran trainers. All right. right. So well, we wish you all the best in your entrepreneurship with Rubik's app. He's director and co-founder of the Rubik's mobile app. Rubik's is spelled R-E-U-B-I-K-S, by the way. Uh, Jaffet, great meeting you and thank you for those great insights on Forex. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.